Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today, we've got Brent Kessler on. He's coming to us from sunny Florida, and uh, well, he'll talk about how he began as a chiropractor and his struggles getting through that, and now he's moved on to the money multiplier and what all that means. Hi there, Brent. How are you doing today on your end? Fantastic, JP. Fantastic. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on Inauguration Day. It's interesting how uh, you know things continue to evolve. And your own business has evolved, right? You're a chiropractor by training. And uh, well, I guess offline, we're talking about how your life has transitioned so much since the, uh, the time you, uh, I guess, built your original or your first clinic, didn't you? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, and again, I am a chiropractor, own chiropractic clinics in Kansas City, sold my last one in 2017. And now what I do is I practice this banking concept, how to become your own banker, building wealth with your own debts and your expenses that you already have. So I just, and again, that's what I do. I show people how to create wealth through your own debts and expenses. Uh, fantastic concepts. And obviously, you've been advancing this for quite some time now. So take us a bit deeper. I mean, you used to say sort of high level using your own money, but what does that actually mean? And talk to people that might not have a lot of money right now and want more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, just to kind of give you the back like story a little bit. Okay. So as you said, I'm a chiropractor. I no longer practice chiropractic. I haven't really practiced in a clinic since 2008. I had associate docs. I had five clinics in the Kansas City area. But anyway, I went to a chiropractic conference. It was back in 2006. And, you know, I was there to, as far as to try to get, you know, more educated in the chiropractic profession, how I could build my business. And I heard somebody talk about this concept called the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. Anyway, so there was this book that I bought there and it's called, and it's actually this, it's called, the, the book is called Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. Now, R. Nelson Nash, we lost him about a year ago at age 87. And and so I watched this concept. I watched this concept being taught. And I thought, man, that looks really, really good, but it just seems too good to be true, right? I'm sure you've seen things like yeah. that. that yeah, you hear good. it all the time, right? So we start to worry yeah. or, the, or the, you, know, you're, you're, you get concerned when you hear something that seems to be too good to be true. And that's exactly what I thought. So I went home. I took the book home. I put it on my shelf. I didn't even look at it. I go back to another conference about a year and a half later. Well, about 10 or 12 of my colleagues that were at the previous conference are now at this conference. And they're coming up to me and they're just ranting and raving. And they're saying, man, isn't this banking concept the most awesome thing ever to build wealth, to recapture, to recycle your money, to basically pay off your debts, pay off your expenses, all without having just to work harder change your cash flow without having, you know, to take any additional risk or lose control simply by adding one step in your financial life. And I kind of remembered it, but I wasn't doing it. See, the difference between me and them is that when they heard it in 2006, 
So they implemented it. Mm. I didn't implement it. Mm -hmm. So they were going on and on about how this was working in their financial life. And I thought to myself, there has to be something to this, right? There's no way that 10 or 12 of my colleagues are lying to me. Maybe one or two, but not 10 or 12. Right. So um, I went home and I told my wife, I said, honey, I said, we got to start implementing this in our life. And at that time, it was February of 2008. So almost 13 years ago, because like you said, today is inauguration day. As a matter of fact, this is kind of right. This is a unique time for, for both of us, JP, because we're starting this conversation with one president. And by the time we get off this webinar, we're going to have another president. Brilliant. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Very transitional time. Yes. So that's exactly what's going to happen. But anyway, I came home and I told my wife, I said, honey, we got to start implementing this into our life. And it was February of 2008. And at that time, all right, we were $984,711 in debt. Wow. That's what we owe to the third party creditors, almost a million dollars. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. How does a guy from Kansas get to be almost a million dollars in debt, right? Now, of course, however, if you're from California, you're thinking that's nothing because in California, <laughs> that buys you a very small house, right? Yes. But in Kansas, it buys you a lot. Well, anyway, I had my chiropractic clinics. I had my student loans. I had the house that I lived in. I also have a house on the Lake of the Ozarks between St. Louis and Kansas City. And if you have a house on the lake, guess what? You have to have a boat and a wave runner, right? And you got to have, have a house on the lake without a boat and a wave runner. Exactly. I'm also an airplane pilot. So as an airplane pilot, I have to have my own airplane, right? So it didn't take me a lot to become a million dollars in debt. Mm -hmm. Well, I was able to apply this concept, apply these principles, and I was able to pay that debt off in 39 months, three years and three months. I didn't have to work harder, change my cash flow, take any additional risk or lose control. <laughs> All I did was added one step in my financial life. And again, just without going through all the details, but anyway, I became very passionate about this concept. I mean, I loved what it was doing. I was telling other people about it anyway, you know, colleagues of mine. And I was just talking about it all of the time because I love talking about things and how your wealth builds and, you know, how you can increase and help more people, serve others, you know, all of that. So I decided in like 2012, I mean, probably right before 2012, I decided that I wanted to teach this concept to others. And I told my wife, I said, I want to sell all of our clinics. So we had five clinics at the time and I sold the last one in 2017. So now the thing that I do is I travel around the country or I'll do podcasts like this or virtual webinars or one-on-one -on -one meetings, whatever it is, and I teach this concept, right? So prior to the pandemic, I was doing 50 to 70 live events a year. Now I'm doing just as many, if not more events, but they're not all live. They're virtual, Yes, right? Of so yes, yeah, so that's what I do is I teach people how to build wealth through the debts and expenses that they already have. For example, I'll just give you a quick example. Okay, so a car, that you drive a car. I don't know how old it is, how new it is, how much you paid for it, it doesn't matter. But what you had to do on that car, JP, the thing with that car, the thing you had to buy that car one of three ways. See, I don't know how you bought the car, but I know you bought it one of three ways. You either paid cash, you bank financed it, or you leased it. So either one of those ways you bought the car 
what you had to do is you had to give the money to the car dealer and they gave you the car. That's how we buy cars, right? Mm -hmm. They get the money. We get the car. Transaction is over. Everybody goes home happy. Well, I did the same thing. I gave the money to the car dealer. They gave me the car. So I have the car. They have the money. But now with this concept, I get all the money back on that car. So not only do I get the car that I bought, but I also now recycle and recapture that money. So that money comes back to me and, and I keep total control of that money. So this becomes the, you know, the spot where we say it sounds too good to be true, right? Which is, I know what you said as well. So yeah. So what's, what's the catch? Yeah. Well, no, that's exactly what you thought. Cause when I saw it, it looked too good to be true. Right. I just didn't believe it. Right. So, but it's not the concept, this infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker concept. I mean, that this method of how to build wealth this way has been around for over 200 years. Mm-hmm. It's been around for over 200 years. So it's not on trial. It's not being tested. All right. So I'm going to tell you the machine that we're going to use to build the wealth. And that's going to surprise you. And then I'm going to explain a little bit of people that you know that are using this system, this concept, but you've never heard them speak about it. Or maybe you have, maybe you haven't, or you've read about it and you just didn't understand what it was, what you were reading. But anyway, first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you the machine because there's a specific tool, a specific machine that we're going to use to build our wealth. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for this. surprise you. Yeah, it is going to be surprising because I don't know what we're talking about right now. So yeah, this is going to be interesting. The machine that we're going to use to build our wealth is a whole life insurance policy in a mutual company that pays dividends. Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking, and I know what a lot of your listeners are thinking. You're thinking the same thing that I thought. You're thinking, what in the heck does a whole life insurance policy have anything to do with me building my wealth? I know everything there is to know about life insurance, and I've never heard of it you know, being used this way, right? Well, why are we doing this, okay? Why are we actually going to use a whole life insurance policy to build our wealth? Well, the reason that we're going to use that vehicle is because that is what the rich do. That is what the wealthy do. As a matter of fact, JP, the number one purchasers of whole life insurance in the world are conventional banks. Conventional banks own more in whole life insurance than all of their land and their buildings combined. All right. As a matter of fact, since 2013, conventional banks have quadrupled the amount of whole life insurance that they've purchased. Now, why on earth do you think conventional banks are buying so much whole life insurance? Now, they're not buying term. They're not buying index. They're not buying variable. They're not buying universal. They're buying whole life policies in mutual companies. Why have they quadrupled their portfolio in the last seven or eight years? right? Is it because they know something the rest of us don't know? Or is it because they're stupid? They probably know something the rest of us don't know. So all we're going to do, JP, is we're going to mimic and imitate exactly what the wealthy have been doing for over 200 years. Okay. So let's so, talk, so break it down. So a whole life policy, when you say the banks, well, let's, that's, I guess, an aside or a different conversation because we're talking about an individual or somebody listening right now. So a whole life policy, they're purchasing it. Well, maybe explain it more detail. And I assume they're purchasing it on their life, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yes, or it could be purchased on another life that you have a vested interest in, such as a spouse, a child, maybe an associate in your business. 
I mean, okay, so when banks purchase policies, they purchase it on key employees. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed when you go in a conventional bank, almost everybody in there is right? You have you have the vice president of the bank of like one is the of the car loan department, the other is the mortgage loan department. You have the vice president of the tellers, you have the vice president of the safe deposit boxes. Almost, I mean, there's several vice presidents in each conventional bank in America, right? I don't know how it works in Canada for sure, but again, they have thousands of vice presidents, just as you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So anyway, those are key employees. Those are key employees. So when you're an employee of that bank, that bank can take off, just, okay, can take the policy out on you. Now, the thing they normally do is they start it with their top brass people, right? In that bank, right? But yes, even your local branches, they can own that policy on you. All right. As a matter of fact, up until about, I lose track of time, I'm going to say seven or eight years. All right. Walmart, Walmart was buying life insurance policies on every one of their employees without them knowing about it. Now, so they still do it. They just have to let the employee know that they're buying the policy on them. So, okay, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Morgans, the Stanleys, the Barclays. All right, so this is all how they built their wealth. Now, JP, it's not any life insurance policy that you can go down and get from your broke brother-in-law that sells life insurance. It's not any policy. It's got to be specifically designed and specially engineered that has high immediate cash value. And that high immediate cash value is within 30 days. Hmm. It doesn't take you 30 days to access the cash, but I always tell you it takes 30 days because if it doesn't show up sooner, I don't want you to be mad. I personally, okay, JP, I personally have, as of we speak today, I have 19 of these policies. I put in about a half a million dollars a year in my own premium into policies, and I buy a new policy every 12 to 18 months because I want as many of these vehicles that I can get with that money growing inside of the policy, compounding and growing tax-free, and the government's completely out of my hair. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you a couple people that you may know that does this. Have you ever heard of Walt Disney World? You know Walt Disney, right? You have a place in Orlando. Yes, of course. This is how Disneyland got started. Whenever Walt Disney, he tried to go to a to a conventional bank and get traditional means of financing to start Disneyland, they wouldn't give it to him. So where did that money come from to start Disneyland? He had to collaterally borrow, he had to borrow, he had to put his life policy up for collateral and borrow it from the insurance company. That's how he got funded. Ray Kroc with McDonald's. Go look at the history of Ray Kroc and how he was able to fund salaries. How did Ray Kroc fund that mascot we all know of as Ronald McDonald? Through his life policy. There's a lady, her name is Doris Christopher. In the 1980s in her Chicago home, she started this business in the basement of her Chicago home with $3,000 called Pampered Chef. Hmm. She started that business. How did she start it? Borrowing from her policy. And the thing she did later was sold that business of Pampered Chef to Warren Buffett for $1.5 billion. A couple more. The University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, this is how they pay their college football coach, Jim Harbaugh, 
through cash value policies because they can pay him his salary and they can recapture and recycle and get all of that money back. I believe the article is November 2016. I think it's an AP article or Sports Center. All right. So anyway, I saw it on the article on ESPN.com. Right. That's the first time I saw it. I think it was in November of 2016 because I was about to give a live presentation and I was in Denver, Colorado. I got there a little early checking the sports cores and all of a sudden here it comes up. So like Jim Harbaugh makes him one of the highest top paid college at the University of Michigan. And this is how they did it. Also, our president that's going to be our president in about 24 minutes, Joe Biden. Go look up Joe Biden. Joe Biden tells you he does not store wealth in conventional banks. As okay, as of the last time I read it, which was a couple years ago, Joe Biden had at least six whole life policies in a mutual company. As a matter of fact, in a mutual company that I write business with, Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual is one of the companies I write business with. Joe Biden has six policies in there, and Joe Biden tells you that's how he builds and stores his wealth. He does not keep wealth in a conventional bank. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Yeah, Last so this week, is all available. Yeah, as you say, available. Yeah, oh, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go, go yeah. look it up, yeah. all yeah, of yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, so what, and what you're saying is interesting because as we began the conversation, you said it'd be surprised by you know what it, the vehicle is, right? Because uh, it's something yeah. we have all heard of. So we're talking about a whole life policy, and it sounds like the, the step is obviously to take one out, and then you borrow against it, right? Or you borrow against the value in the policy. Is that what sort of uh, the way you're able to leverage it? Well, yeah, here's the cool thing about it. So like when you pay premium into your policy, let's say you put in $1,000 a month or 10000 a year, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what number it is. But now what you do is you go take a loan for the cash value of the policy. Because remember, the policy has to be designed specifically and engineered, especially for this concept where it gives you high immediate cash value. So now when you go take the loan out, the loan that you're taking is not your money. You're not taking your money out of the policy. What you're doing is you're putting your policy up for collateral and you're taking a loan from the general fund of the insurance company, Mm -hmm. which that means all the money that you put into that policy is still continuing to grow. Even though you're using it, there's no interruption of compound interest Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Right. No interruption. The money is still continuing to grow as if it was all in there, even though you're using it. Now, I don't know of another vehicle on this planet that allows you to do this with these features and benefits. And if there's another vehicle out there, I've been trying to find it now for where are we at? 2021 since 2006. So 15 years and I haven't found it. So if you or your listeners know any better vehicle, let me know what it is and maybe I'll stop teaching this and teach the new stuff. But yes, our money is growing and compounding even though we're using the money, right? So uninterrupted compound interest. And also, I go over in my presentation, and I know this is just a general high-level call, right, from from like the 30,000 views, okay, up in the air, right? Absolutely, yes. So anyway, I go into this in detail, okay, like on my presentation. So if you go to my website, which is themoneymultiplier.com, T-H-E, themoneymultiplier.com, you click on resources and click on presentation. 
I explain exactly how this works. It, again, I take it, it's about 94 minutes long, if I remember right, 94, 95 minutes long. I go through with exactly how it works. And I also have my presentation broken down into 10 individual sections. And I have the downloadable attachments that I have attached to it. So take us there again, just take us there again, just uh, for people listening right now. Where's the, the spark look and find them? Yep, the website is www.themoneymultiplier.com. T-H-E moneymultiplier.com. And then also, I, I think we talked earlier, but anyway, I wrote a book. It was last spring, March or April. Hannah, did this come out? When did it come? March or April. It's called Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery. Now, I wrote this book with my client, and he's my colleague now. His name is Chris Noggle. A lot of you guys may have heard of Chris Noggle. He's very active in the industry of like real estate. He's had TV shows. His last show was on HGTV. It was called Risky Builders. Chris Noggle was a financial advisor for New York Life for 14 years. He'll tell you that New York Life never taught him about this banking concept while he was there. All right, so if your listeners are not already following Chris Noggle on social media and all the platforms, I definitely suggest you follow him because he's just got a wealth of information. But the thing I was saying is, if any of your listeners want this book, all you got to do is email me, Brent, B-R-E-N-T, at themoneymultiplier.com, and I'll send you the ebook. I'll just like send you the ebook and you can read it. Or I have some people, I mean, not many that actually really want the copy. So I'll send you the copy and all you pay for is the shipping. And what's that handle? Like $3 and 10 cents or something. So you pay for the shipping of the book. I don't know. It might cost a little more to go to Canada, but, but yeah, I mean, so, so just by email, you're just saying by email for certainly for an ebook version. And if somebody wants a hard copy as well, just email yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's wonderful. And in the book, obviously, you're describing the same concepts or, or what is broken down in the presentation, right? Yeah, the book just goes into basically my story. It goes into Chris's story, you know, because both of us wrote it together. And, and just to be quite honest, if it wasn't for Chris, I would have never wrote the book. Because when he said, hey, Brent, we got to get a book out on this stuff. I was like, a book? I don't have time to write a book. He says, I'll put it all together. And so quite honestly, in the book, I mean, so here's what I did. So just if you have any listeners out there that are thinking about writing a book and it's too much work, this was the easiest thing in the world I ever did. Because I said, Chris, I am not going to sit down and be writing stuff out because I like to talk, you know, I mean, right. So like if I send you a text, JP, I'm not typing in, I'm voice texting, right? So Chris set it up, you know, with the publisher and all of that and the people behind the scenes in the book. All I did is I had to tell the story. I had to tell the story, go through the examples, just like I would do on a presentation. And they took all of that, all of that that I said, and they put it into the book. And of course, I read it to make sure it was accurate and all of that. But it was the easiest thing in the world. So now I said, Chris, I think we should write another one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can do another book the same way. Obviously, you're telling the stories and you're quite, you're quite the storyteller. So it's just a question of having that translated to book form, right? That's what it was. You know, I just told it because I don't know the punctuation. You know, I mean, I didn't have any more than a ninth grade education because my dad was a traveling salesman. So when I wanted to go back to chiropractic school, the counselors at chiropractic school laughed at me. They said, why are you laughing? I want to go to chiropractic school. They said, well, the first thing you got to do is have a high school diploma. I said, all right, well, how do I do that? 
well, you got to go take a GED. All right, how do I do that? So I did that, you know, because they said there's no way you can't go to chiropractic school because you have to have a high school diploma and then you have to have X amount of undergrad courses. So I just said, how do I do it? What do I do? And I did it, you know. But yeah, I mean, again, sometimes I uh, like I say, hey, God, why did you make me go through all that pain and misery of chiropractic school if I'm not going to do chiropractic long term and I'm going to do this infinite banking concept? And my wife reminds me all the time. She says, honey, she says, just think about it this way. If you were never a chiropractor, you wouldn't have been in that chiropractic convention hearing that guy talk about the banking concept. So that's a good point. It was just it was painful. It was painful just to go to chiropractic school because I didn't have the foundation of high school. So it took me 13 trimesters to go through 10 trimesters of chiropractic college because I kept failing classes. Then once I became a chiropractor, I walked across the stage. Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't good enough. I now have to make sure I pass all the national boards in order to be able to open my office. So that took me two extra years. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't have any hair. <laughs> that's right. It's one of the reasons with no hair. And it's part of the journey, right? Uh, the way we began this and even offline talking, you know, as business evolves, right? And it takes us in different directions. And obviously it impacts deeply the business that you're doing now, right? Or the results of uh, the business has come from that same hard work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and now, I mean, everything I really do now, JP, is word of mouth and referral. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I've been out there. I've been speaking on this stuff for several years. Now people will come to me and say, Brent, will you come and present to my group? Come to my event, you know, be a speaker at my two-day event or, okay, or like my clients, you know, come back for more. Like as we speak today, I have almost 3,000 clients in every state of the country 91% of them that have been with me a year or longer, they come back and they want to do more policies. They want to put more premium into this concept. And of those, JP, 70% come back before the first year is even up. So the reason I tell you that, because if this concept that I'm teaching does not work, there's no way nine out of 10 are coming back for more. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't happen. Yep. So I'm very blessed to be able to have people come back themselves and do more, or they tell their friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers about what they're doing in their financial life. I mean, I actually paid off that $984,711 of debt. I did it in 39 months, three years and three months without working harder, changing cash flow, taking any additional risk or losing control. It's quite amazing. It's quite an amazing concept. I thank you very much for introducing it to us. And obviously, you've got a wealth of information available on, on the webpage, as you mentioned, and even the book. Uh, so for anybody listening and interested in learning more, please do go through those things. We'll have all that information up in the show notes as well, so people can find out more about that. Brent, I'd like to leave these shows with one thing, and I think you'll probably tell us, or maybe I'll ask you to steer it in a slightly different direction. One thing people can do today for the rest of this week to make a real significant change in their life. What would the thing that you suggest that they do today? Yeah, I would say, look, the thing is, whenever you were born, so like, what did God give you? He gave you two ears and one mouth. So that means you should be listening twice as much as you're talking. Now, I'm still trying to learn that. I haven't quite mastered <laughs> that yet. But I guess the thing I mean about that is, so like a lot of people, they, okay, they think they know everything there is to know about a particular subject. So even in this book that was written by R. Nelson Nash, he calls it the arrival syndrome. Like, oh, no, I know everything to know about life insurance. You can't tell me anything else. 
No, you don't. I can assure you, you don't, or you would be practicing this concept in your life. So keep an open mind. Keep an open mind when people are telling you stuff or they're trying to share with you information. I mean, it's okay to be cautious and standoffish and your arms crossed, but go research it yourself and see, is there, I mean, is this legit? Is there some truth to what is being taught, right? And I also suggest that you get around like-minded people, meaning, because again, it's all the way you think about things. It's how you think. And a lot of times we surround ourselves by negative people. And I know this is going to offend maybe some people, but sometimes you got to fire your own family members. You really do. You got to get away. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your cousins, your brothers, sisters, parents. But sometimes they will bring you down because they, they're like, you can't do that. You're not going to be able to be that successful. Get yourself around like-minded people that are thinking the way that you are and get around like, for example, okay, so either join a mastermind group or create your own mastermind group. And I'll give you one example of that. So anyway, there's this board game out there and I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called Cash Flow. Okay, there's a guy named Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's wrote other books too, but he's got this board game. It's almost like Monopoly in a way, right? And again, it's an expensive board game. It was four or 500 bucks, I think. But it really, that board game teaches you how it doesn't matter where you're in life. It doesn't matter if you make $10 an hour and you're just like the employee going to your nine to five job, or if you make $10,000 an hour, everybody can build wealth. Everybody can. It's not limited to only the rich or the wealthy. This concept, I tell people all the time, $10 an hour, $10,000 an hour, it doesn't matter. You need to break the bonds of financial slavery you don't even realize you're in and start taking control of your own money and your own wealth. So anyway, uh, okay, so like that board game, there's groups around the country where you can actually play that game. So go to wherever you live, right? It, whether it's Orlando, Chicago, you know, California, wherever it is. And even if there's not a group already started, you be the one to start that mm -hmm. group and get around those like-minded people. And maybe once a month or once a quarter, now you're getting around people that are thinking and have that vision that you do. And that's so key, isn't it, Brent? Wonderful advice, as you say, even going back to the you know, two ears and one mouth, right? So listening, listening to this show and listening to other like-minded people to increase and grow whatever it is you're seeking to achieve, right? So we appreciate yeah. all of your time here today. As I say, we'll have in the show notes all the resources that you mentioned there. And if you are interested, please do dig deeper and feel free to reach out to Brent. Thanks so much for being on the show today. And we'll have you back again real soon. Thank you, JP. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's jpmcavoy.com.